for this. What is nothing? Now that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. Uh, yeah, keep the music up a little. Jeez. Serious questions with silly people. I'm your host, Christina P. Pay. I hear my beautiful voice. There we go. And um, today I have a really cool topic. I'm going to talk about going off the grid, man. <laughs> yeah, going off the grid. I think it's something I've fantasized about since, I don't know, I was... 13 years old. I love the idea of being self-sufficient, of sticking it to the man. And I found an actual off the gridder to talk to about this. What does it take? What kind of person can do it? Um, It sounds really, really hard, actually. All right, here we go. We're going to do it. We're going off the grid. (laughs) Uh, And I don't know why. I I wonder why. I got a few responses. And a lot of off the gridders choose Alaska. And, you know, I, I, kinda, I do get it. I mean, it's a huge state and there's fucking nothing out there. But then again, there's places in Iowa that have nothing going on or Montana. Why Alaska? It is so cold in Alaska. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I uh I found an actual off the gritter. Say hi, Joe. Hi guys. <laughs> and Joe, where are you calling me from today? Um, I'm calling from a town called Truckee, California. Um, it's in the Tahoe area. A lot of people call it Tahoe, which they're like, oh, I live in Tahoe. It drives me nuts because you don't live in a lake. Right. You live in a town. <laughs> right. But uh yeah. Now wait, were you in Alaska before? Uh yeah, we we uh me and my wife um were in Alaska for a bit. Um 
we, uh, we lived in a town called Colfax. We sold our house, quit our jobs to go work for a professional dog musher <laughs> up in uh, the interior of Alaska, what? about 150 miles north of Fairbanks. Who does that? Okay, well, let's, we'll get to that. But first of all, okay. like, who are you? Where are you from? What, how old are you, Joe? I am 27. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I was born and raised in a little town called Auburn, California. Uh, it's a suburb of Sacramento. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not really a city guy, but I'm also not really a full-blown country guy. I guess I am now. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, that's just a little bit about me. 27, I have, uh, our own, we have our own sled dogs. Nice. Um, me, me and my wife, we got married at 20. Oh, that's adorable. Uh, I love hearing that. Yeah. That's so cute. So did you know each other from the time you were like 15? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think we, we met when I was, we were 12. Um, <laughs> what? Like a, yeah, like a, a, we both went to this church and we were in a junior high, like youth group thing. And I had a broken hand, ironically, from punching her, uh, her cousin. Okay, um, good. Good yeah. start. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So we met then and then. <laughs> wait, wait, we, wait. We you, you can't just gloss over that. You punched her cousin and then you're like, yeah. and then we started dating. So her, why did you punch her cousin? Her cousin was an asshole. And, uh, <laughs> one day we went to school together and, uh, uh, he hit me in the nuts and I went to punch him <laughs> and nailed, nailed him right in the point on the elbow and cracked Good. my hand. And so I was in a cast and we met and, uh, and she was started dating. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I'm a pretty, pretty adorable guy. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. So you, that's, that's, I love those stories. You know that, cause that happens like that girl cat that was on my show, she met her husband when they were super young too. And they've been together for a million years. So I do, believe that's like, that's so rare and so special. So, okay. So you got married kind of young and yep. so what happened? So you, did you try to lead a life on the grid? Yeah, I mean, so when we got married, we lived in an apartment above uh, above someone's garage for a bit, and uh, they had a nice little like dog kennel outside. So we had we had her two dogs, which um, slowly turned into three, <laughs> and then uh, uh, we spent a few years trying to buy a house. Um, quite a few years, a lot of ups and downs of ending up living in trailers on people's property and, <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, so we ended up buying a house in Colfax when we were, uh, 23, wow. I think. I don't, I, I don't remember. And, uh, so then it snowballed. We had, I think 11 dogs. Oh my God. At that point. Wait, 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 wait a minute though. And, uh, but hold on, hold on. Joe. Yeah. How do you decide on Alaska? Like I've been to Anchorage. Yep. And yep. it is the darkest. I was there in January two years ago, and it was the most depressing thing I'd ever done. It was, I remember eight in the morning, people were filing into church, and it was pitch black. Yeah. And I was like, how do, so what attracted you to Alaska? Because that seems to be the place where a lot of off the gritters go. I think, I think ultimately it comes from her dog sledding passion. Um, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm kind of a helper. I do a lot of bitch work and, uh, I like it that way. I'm not really, um, 
like I ended the whole mushing thing, but I don't mind hooking her up, letting her go off for a run, and then you know just <laughs> sitting in a cabin, getting drunk by myself or whatever. Yeah, that's a but, good life. Uh, yeah, it's not too bad. No, I like it. Um, I don't have to be in the cold. I got a nice warm fire going. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we we tried to go to Alaska once. And uh, it didn't work out. We came back after like a month, and then uh, we bought the house in Colfax. And uh, we were we were working. I was working kind of a corporate type job, uh, doing a lot of media production. And uh, I mean, neither of us were really felt like we fit in where we were. Yeah. And um, so we we went to this. Uh, I mean, they call it like a mushing clinic up in Oregon. And we met this, this guy and we hit it off. We thought, we thought he was cool. And, um, so one day I was like, I posted something on Facebook, uh, about running dogs and he commented on it. He's like, Oh, it looks like fun, blah, blah. blah. And then he private messaged me. He's like, you guys, how would you guys want to like come up here and work for me? Okay. And, uh, so we, we thought about it for, a while and I immediately said no like right off the bat was like I just I don't know I don't think it's a good idea I'm making pretty good money like you know just super hesitant and uh, eventually you know she swayed me we went up and uh, like I said he he's about 150 miles north of Fairbanks in the interior of Alaska Jesus Christ yeah pretty fucking remote yeah um like there's a town near him called Manly Hot Springs, and it's basically a post office and a bunch of white redneck <laughs> hillbillies that live out there. And so we went out, and uh, we stayed with him for again like a month. And uh, wait, after wait. about weeks, wait, wait, well, hold on, hold on. One, one question though. So, like, yeah. dog mushing. I know I've I've only ever seen it on like in cartoons. And on documentaries, it's essentially where you tie up like I don't know how many dogs twelve um yeah, I mean for like the the major races like there's the Iditarod going on right now, they have sixteen okay on their teams um but it, it can range anywhere from you know if you're doing small runs, it can go from six on up to sixteen basically and the point of this is that you're racing other people doing this, right, or is there some other yeah. way you're making money or yeah, for sure. This, this guy's—it's his livelihood. Um, mm-hmm. He gets sponsorships from people and companies, and oh, okay. and uh, races professionally. Um, it, you don't really make any money. You kind of just net zero oh. at the end of the year with dog care and and you know uh, maintaining a, your life, eating and and whatnot. Um, yeah, and so, and where do the dogs sleep at night? They all sleep with you in the bed. Uh, <laughs> Ours don't. Our cabin is 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 much too small. Um, when we lived in Colfax, we would bring them all in. and They would chill in the kitchen. Oh, but, oh it's my heaven! Uh, I love doggies. Yeah, no, that was that was pretty rad. Um, and how to did bring they, them all in? Did they all shit in the snow? Because my dogs are terrified of of peeing even in 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 the rain. So how, the dog can dogs shit no. in the snow? Yeah, they're they're totally good. They're we have Siberian Huskies, and they're really really hardy um, animals. Like. They're they're made and bred to live in you know negative temperatures and Jesus and 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 live through that. So how did she? How did your wife develop a passion for dog mushing? If she, you guys are both from California, 
So how yeah. how did that yeah. even occur to her? Like, oh, this is something I can do. It's so it's so she, weird. Yeah, she grew up in a little town east of Auburn called Forest Hill, and uh, um, I mean, Balto definitely was a big uh, big thing for her. Um, the the cartoon Disney movie. Oh, okay. And and uh, so. You know, she saw the movie. She fell in love with the idea of uh, of having sled dogs. And her grandma, who, um, who I never met, she eventually died of uh, pancreatic cancer. Um, she bought her a dog sled and took her to, there was an actual dog sled race in Forest Hill um, back when we actually got snow. And, uh, you know, just got her hooked and hmm. kind of just, wow. it's, it's one of those things like, like you, you hear people like, the, you just start it, and if it just clicks with your personality, it's just it's all downhill from there. Yeah, and um, it's, it's so special. Like, most people would never find that passion, you know? Like, it's so rad that she found that early in life and pursued that, you know? It's so random. Um, for sure. Yeah. She does it, and she does it for fun and for clarity, you know, to, to get her head straight. Like, if she doesn't go out for runs, like... I can tell like (laughs) she'll get all, she'll get all pent up and like, that's her therapy for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I never owned a dog before we got married (laughs) and just kind (laughs) of fell into it. And it's not my passion, but I definitely enjoy helping. Um, and we do races, but it's mainly just for, for fun. Um, so, so this passion, sorry, go ahead. No, that's fine. No, no. So this passion is what led you to Alaska, more or less. Like she wanted to do this, for sure. And, and you were like, "Well, the corporate life—it's comfortable, but it kind of sucks." Is that what you're yeah. thinking? Okay. So for, you, for sure. Yeah. So you're 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 okay to drop out, and you you go to this place, 150 miles in the interior of Alaska. And what's your first thought, like when you see where you're going to live? Um. I mean, it's a pretty, he's got a pretty hefty compound. Um, it's, it, it wasn't too daunting. I'm a pretty, uh, mechanical guy. I'm, I like to solve puzzles when things are going, you know, when things are broken, I fix them. I'm that kind of like hands on. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the aspect of living out in the middle of nowhere didn't, bother me and i always had this like idea in my head that i could live as a hermit and be fine yeah me too Um, me too (laughs) and i can at some point but like uh it's it's harder than you might think um your your brain definitely gets gets weird and sideways sometimes well tell me about that Um, what happens how does it get weird though tell me tell me so uh, my wife actually just went up to Alaska again for the study I did her out to help out a different musher. But so she was gone for a week, and I was at my cabin right now alone, you know, snowmobiling in and out. And uh, you just get – you start talking to yourself a little more than, than <laughs> normal, and you, and you start doing it out loud. Sure. And and uh, you start asking yourself questions and and. and you just get a little bit crazy. And that's why you, when you meet these people that, that do that, that are hermits, they're a little bit off. Yeah. Um, uh, and you, you, I mean, I, I kind of understand them now. Like it's, 
I don't know. You just, without human interaction, you, you lose a little bit of something. Like I, I, the last day before she came home, I was, I was like, I grabbed, we had some tequila and I'm not a tequila <laughs> guy, but I was like, that's all I got. And I'm going to get drunk and, mm. and relax. And, uh, and I'm asking myself these weird deep questions and I'm like, what the hell is going on in your head? You need to, you need to calm down. You're going to be all right. It, it, you know, she's coming yeah. home tomorrow. But, uh, so we get up to, up to the, uh, interior there and, you know, he's got this diesel generator that charges batteries that you, you, you run that during the, the day and then you run off batteries at night and he had a well and, uh, he has like a stream that we pumped water from and stored in containers for the dogs. Um, it was actually a pretty sweet setup. Um, definitely not, you know, everyone's cup of tea, but, uh, he himself was, was definitely psychotic. Um, for sure. And, uh, and, uh, had some, some issues and, uh, he would take those issues out on us and we didn't realize that he, uh, definitely showed some signs of, some sociopathic, uh, hmm. like he, he was the charmer. And then, uh, when you finally got along with them, it was, uh, you know, all hell would break loose. Oh, he, uh, he, so, and, and we knew that, like, um, we know the, the personality type because of, uh, the, our, well, to be quite frank, of uh, Alyssa's parents. Oh. Um, so her dad, her dad is actually, I mean, not diagnosed or anything, but we, we've been through therapy and, uh, you know, our therapists are like, yeah, no, this is a sociopath. He is, he's got all the signs. He's crazy. Um, oh, he, uh, yeah. I mean, so to get a little deep, uh, I mean, that's, you know, what we're here that's for. That's what I we're guess. doing, bro. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he molested, uh, her older sister for, a long time and then groomed Alyssa, my Ugh. wife. Um, Ugh, what a piece of it, shit. It, yeah. It's, it's a pretty fucked up situation. So obviously, uh, I mean, we, we tried to go through a, a mediation to, you know, say, Hey, admit your mistakes and no. maybe we can try and build a relationship. Oh God. No. It, what did he, what was his words? He, he said, I, I, I don't even remember. He just, he flat out denied any, any allegations. And so we took legal action and, oh. and, uh, I mean, he's on Megan's law now. It's a pretty fucked up situation. Oh my God, your poor wife. Uh, I can only imagine yeah. that that's gotta be like the most traumatic thing somebody can go through is being betrayed that deeply by a parent. That's for hor- sure. horrible, for sure. horrible. And no so, wonder, I mean, no wonder you guys ran to Alaska, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's when pretty much a lot of the shit hit the fan, and and we just said fuck it, we're out. Yeah. Um, and like like I said, we were involved in in church and and shit, and my dad was actually a pastor, and we we tried to, uh, you know, get them like my parents on our side, and they they're like, no, forgive him, all this nonsense. And oh no. So I mean, so literally, neither of us talked to our parents, so we're literally alone. Aww. So the decision to go to Alaska was was somewhat solidified right. in the fact that that we you know lived our lives alone already. Oh, I'm sorry um, to hear that. That's so um, it's so upsetting. But 
actually, the more I do this show, the more I find how frequent it is that people have horrible parents that they can't talk to. It's, that's pretty, yeah. it's yeah. more, it's more common than you'd think. And I, it's so weird that there's not a lot of um, sitcoms and television shows reflecting that as opposed to what the, the unnorm is of two parents who are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. That's a bourbon yeah. perfect lifestyle. This shit does I, not I don't happen. know that it even exists. No. No, it's so peculiar that that's considered the norm, and then we're all deviants from that. That makes no sense. Yeah, um, yeah we're all, I mean, that's one of the reasons, I mean, I found your podcast. It's just like, you know, I'm fucked up in the head, <laughs> and uh, I, I like to listen to other people who who experience different traumas and yeah. and uh, other other things like that, and it helps me feel a little bit less alone. Of course. <laughs> well, and that's the problem with people like us, uh, the one, the ones who tend to isolate, is that we're the types who shouldn't isolate actually the ones who have been through stuff like you got to reach out and that's, that's just not our inclination. Cause I think at least in my case, you know, you get betrayed so much that from, from your parents, I mean, whatever, it's a lot for of sure, babble. But, sure. So the point is you're in fucking Alaska, you and your wonderful wife and you're on this weird Oak compound and this guy's a sociopath and you're kind of, are you kind of locked into this now? Like, are you afraid? So, I mean, Yes and no. Like I mean, so we sold our house and we made a we made a hefty profit, which was nice because we bought in the downturn and then sold when it was upswinging. So I mean, we got in this fight with this guy and he he was just going around in circles. And I'm like, dude, fuck you. We got money. He's like, this is your life now. You're stuck here. Blah blah blah. <laughs> just freaking out. And I'm like, fuck you. We're out. And and we left and and literally just piled our dogs back into our trailer and uh and started driving back down to california and we're like what the fuck are we gonna do we yeah. stop in the middle of uh the nolly national national park and we're camping on the side of the road living in a tent <laughs> we're like we, we we don't know what the fuck we're gonna do and i i lost it like i i was no help i'm sure i'm to Alyssa, and uh it you know we're like i said living in a tent it's raining it's fucking cold and like, all right, well, we're going to have to go somewhere where we know somebody. And uh, we had a friend here in, in Truckee who was a real estate agent, and she had a friend who had had some property um, north of the, the town, about 25 miles north. And uh, he had he has this rinky-dink little cabin and uh, that he built out of the trees that were on the property, and... Uh, so we decided that's where we were going to stay. And it's been that way for a year and a half, I think almost two years. And we're still trying to find some property of our own to buy, but, uh, yeah, it's, so we're still off the grid. Um, nice. I use a generator for power. Um, I had, uh, I'm a, I'm obviously a little bit techie and, and, and nerdy and, uh, I enjoy my internet and, uh, so I had some guys install a satellite internet thing and, <laughs> nice. and I got it. So I've got satellite internet and, and, uh, it's run off my generator, but, uh, so you, you head out about 15 miles on a paved two lane highway, take a right hand turn and you end up on a dirt road for about five or six miles and, and get to our cabin. And so right now, um, it's trying to snow. And it's, it's been a nice winter. Um, so we've been snowmobiling in and out to the main road. Um, I've 
we've broken three different snowmobiles. Oh my god! Got one stuck, and uh, just uh, while my while my wife was in Alaska, I bent a part on the snowmobile we do have running. So I was going to replace it. I got the part, and then she got home, and uh, we were riding back to the cabin, and that the part broke before I could get back to the cabin to fix it. And it broke a bunch of other parts. So I'm, I'm, so we're walking in and out right now. Oh my god! Um, Wait, but don't you get luck- scared? Can I ask you? Like, aren't you ever afraid of what if one? What if let's say you're on your snowmobile and you fall over and you break your bones? And like, what? How do you? Don't are you afraid of not going to a hospital that's nearby? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the fear, I guess, is there. Um, it's it's always there, even even the people who do the snowmobiling for fun, you know? Like, there was a, a ski instructor guy, a kid, really. He was 23. He just, he just died um, skiing out of bounds. He was a quarter mile out of bounds of a snow or a ski resort, and he, he got trapped in an avalanche and died. So the oh. danger is definitely, the danger is definitely there. Yeah. And, uh, and there, there was nights we got one snowmobile stuck, and... So we rode uh, uh, the dogs, the dog sled, but uh, it was super powdery, so they couldn't get very far. And uh, I had to walk about probably two more miles to the snowmobile, um, and it was raining. There was snow on the ground. I ended up getting to that snowmobile, finally getting it unstuck. It's like midnight, if not later, and get back to her, and then the snowmobile breaks down when I get back mm-hmm. to her. And so we got to get back to the cabin, and I ended up with hypothermia. Oh, my God. So just from being wet, 35, and it's raining, and it's cold, and, and you can't get warm. So I finally get back to the cabin, and I spent, I think, two days in bed just trying to get, get my body temperature and my body back up. Mm. Um, and were you scared of dying so, and stuff? Like, don't, I mean, do you guys have a doctor you can call or... Like, let's say you, um, you just have a cavity and, and you need dental work. I mean, shit like that. I mean, so, so we're in town. I mean, I work, I work a normal Monday through Friday job in town. So I'm coming into town pretty much every day. Oh, okay. Um, and I have contacts, and we have one spot where we get cell reception to make a phone call. Um, like I said, I got the satellite internet so I can send an email out. We have friends that, like, if we're not, if we haven't checked in in, like, you know, we check in every day. So if we didn't check in, it, it would raise a red flag. And, uh, like, so, and so we're on someone else's property too. And he comes out once a week, usually, cause he's building another little cabin and, and, uh, he likes to come out there and, and clear his head. And, uh, so I'm not, we're not so far off the grid that, that, uh, the danger poses, you know, life-threatening, like, thoughts, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. if something were to happen, we'd be able to figure it out. Okay. And we have. Um, so it, the danger, like I said, is still there. Um, right. you, you could you could fall off the snowmobile, break a bone, and, and you know, have to try and ride out with a broken leg if, if it oh. happened. Oh, my God. Um, well, don't... I think... Yeah, sorry. I think the the mental toughness comes into play at that, at that point. Yeah. 
Like just, um, just, just not thinking about all the potential disasters that can happen to you or when things, bad things do happen, you mean? Like, yeah, it's, like, cause, and the, the funny thing is I say that and I, I, it's almost like a bullshit thing I have to just tell myself because I'm a pessimist. And when one thing goes wrong, I, I start looking at it and I go, this is fucked, this is fucked. Yeah, and 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 I I snowball and Alyssa usually will just slap me and say, "Hey, what? Just knock it the <laughs> hell off!" Like she she I think is is more more tough than I am, and and I'll admit that. And uh, like so, the danger's there. I think you just don't think about it. If you, you if you start thinking about it, then then you really open yourself up to you know getting scared and. Uh, it's it's just like anything else. Like if you're in a dark room and you let your mind get you know away from you. Oh, I heard a creak. It's it's a burglar. He's gonna kill me. Yes. Like, no. Like you, you have to you have to rein it in a little bit. And I'm not good at it. I'll admit that. Yeah. Um, like what do you do when you're you're in your cabin and it's late at night and you're alone and Alyssa's in Alaska and you do hear those sounds and you're like, oh my god, someone's gonna murder me. Like how do you contain that fear? Ah. Uh, I'm not really afraid of people out there as much as I am maybe walking outside and getting mauled by a mountain lion. Or, right. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. You're a, you're in nature and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the dogs definitely help. Um, yeah. We have one dog who's a German shepherd and uh, he's like our, our mascot. He's only got three legs and he's just the mm. sweetest dog. And if, if I'm feeling weird or, you know, having, you know, just weird thoughts. Like he can tell and he'll come up and, you know, he'll definitely comfort you. Hmm. Um, so the dogs definitely help in that aspect of, of keeping you grounded. Um, I like to just keep loud music or, or watch a movie or, or just focused on something other than, you know, being alone, um, in the woods. And like, (laughs) it's weird because once I'm at the cabin, I'm totally fine. But if I'm, you know, out, like that first night I, I sent her out and then I rode the snowmobile back alone and it was, it was late. Uh, and, uh, I was just like, man, I'm alone on the snowmobile five miles. If something does go wrong, I really am screwed. Yeah. Like that's true. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, you, we hear the coyotes and we've seen the mountain lions and bobcats and, most of them aren't a danger to humans. Uh, you get living in nature, you get to respect nature a little bit more than not living in it. Yeah. Um, sure. And, and you learn what to be afraid of and what not to be afraid of. Like, I'm not afraid of our bears at all. Like of bears. You're not afraid of bears. No, they're, they're black bears. They're, they're, they're just chilling. You can yell at them and they'll run off. As long as they're not cubs, you're totally fine. Um, I mean, bears, I'm not afraid of coyotes. If it's a pack, I'd be a little worried, but it's, I mean, to be honest, mountain lions scare the shit out of me the most. Yeah. They'll sneak up on you and they'll, 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 they'll tear you a new one. Oh my um, God. But I, I mean, you just you keep bear mace on you. you. We don't, we don't have guns. We're not, we're not gun nuts. Um, you don't have a gun and, out there. That's I thought. No, that'd be like I'm, number one. I think is to have yeah, a gun. I I I think I think everyone thinks that. And and the funny thing is, is we've never needed one. And 
I I like shooting. It's fun. I grew up shooting. It, it it's cool, but I'm not I'm not the huge uh, gun nut. And uh, bear mace. I mean, oh, yeah. like our thing is our thing is is like so when we're out like dog sledding. And, uh, you know, we, we, Alyssa has seen a mountain lion out dog sledding and she's like, everyone's like, Oh, you have your gun on you, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, even if I had a gun, the chances of me shooting one of my dogs is higher than me actually hitting the mountain lion. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. And, and you got, you know, six, eight dogs with you. They're going to scare the mountain lion away. Hopefully. If I was out there alone without animals, I think I'd lean more towards having one, but, uh, I mean, we're firm believers in, in mace and, uh, rocks and loud noises. Yeah, that should, that works. <laughs> of course. So why do people choose Alaska? Why does that, I mean, there's that, that reality show about that family, their homesteaders. Have you seen, I don't know if you've seen that show cause you live yep, in the cabin. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You have the, internet. Um, the, the funny, the funny thing about those guys is they're about 30 miles from town. So that's not and, too uh, bad. They drive, they, they drive into town all the time to get supplies. Right. So it's, it's, a, it's a pretty bullshit show in that sense. Oh. Um, uh, but it's still off the grid. It still counts in my book. It um, does. Yeah. See, some, but that's they're, 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 But that's what, what I was, was going to ask you is like, see, there seems to be competition amongst off the gridders because you're like, oh, psh, they're only 30 miles from town. <laughs> Whereas, yeah. like, we're 150 miles. So is there, like, bad blood between off the gridders? I think there's bad blood between almost every Alaskan. And I think that's why they go out there because they have emotional problems. They don't know how to get along with people. And so they just go out and they do it themselves. Mm. And uh, then that presents this, like, you know, like competition of we're tougher than you. And, and I, I don't think that's healthy or fair. Um, everyone's got their own little path that they want to be on and, and it's fine as long as you're not hurting other people, but, uh, it's their jobs are hard, man. They're wrangling cattle. I, I've, I've seen little bits of the show for sure. Um, it off the grid is hard no matter what or where you're doing it. It, it presents different challenges um, like where we're at now, we don't have a well, we don't have running water. What? Wait, um, what? How do you even, how do you shit and shower? I shower, um, either at a friend's house or, um, through my work, we have a membership at the gym and I use the gym and I shower there. Nice. Um, shitting, uh, we have done a few different things from digging a big ass hole out <laughs> in the woods. Yeah. Um, to we we tried for a while making uh this kind of makeshift toilet that we would uh, compost um in a five gallon bucket and that was just a pain in the ass to empty the bucket yeah um so we've taken to just if you gotta take a shit grab a shovel and dig a hole take a <laughs> shit and, and come back inside like it, it really only it really only sucks when it's raining or snowing yeah <laughs> yeah and you're like you're like i don't want to be outside taking a shit right now no. i just don't and then um, so for food what do you get like supp- supplies in town and then you how do you cook and yep. stuff? um we so we have like like i said it's a tiny little it's probably 100 square feet and i just have a little uh two burner camp stove that i bought at uh sportsman's warehouse 
and it's got a little oven so we can, you know, bake. We made uh, corn, or Alyssa made cornbread the other day. We had some chili. Nice. Um, so, I mean, we've just, lately it's just been buying supplies every night, every other night before we head in and, and then just cooking that because storing it can get a little difficult um, just with the small space. Um, do you, do you have a refrigerator? I do. Um, I bought a tiny little one that runs when we plug in like the generator and shit, but we don't have a lot of stuff that we need to refrigerate. Um, we, uh, we don't drink milk. We're not big milk fans. Um, yeah, me neither. It's eggs, disgusting. Eggs, eggs can stay out, you know, butter can stay out, um, in the summertime, it's a little more important to throw those things in the fridge because the cabin can get pretty warm. Uh, but in the wintertime, it's pretty pretty simple. Uh, we don't eat a whole lot of meat. Um, like, we eat meat if we eat in town, um, but we don't take meat home, really. Um, we, did, we did some salmon the other day. We cooked it on the wood stove. That was yummy. Mm. But uh, so we don't. We try to keep more dry goods or things that don't need to be refrigerated just for our ease. Um, a lot of those other guys have big-ass refri- freezers that they store stuff in. Um, like the guy up in Alaska, he had a big-ass freezer he would store meat in that he hunted for and, and uh, stuff like that. So those guys, and then once it gets cold enough, you just store it in the, in the snow. Yeah, that would make sense. And so, like, what's the what's the best part about living off the grid, and what's the worst part? Uh, best part is being out in the middle of nowhere, and and uh, just being able to look out. Like we have this rock outcropping that looks out of this gorgeous valley. Um, you know, you can watch the sunset, sunrise, and it's just super pretty. Um, it's just gorgeous. I mean, it's California. And it's it's gorgeous. You you can't ask for a better location. Yeah, and that's what um, I was thinking with these off the grid people is that Alaska to me seems really inhospitable for going off the grid. Like, why not? You can go off the grid in California or in Iowa or Montana. Like, why why I go think, so far? I think a lot of that is um, is uh, is laws. Um, oh. there's not, there's not a whole lot of laws in Alaska and oh. they still have quite a few people that live the sustenance lifestyle. Um, oh. and they're okay with it. They don't, they don't have all these, um, these housing laws and, uh, you know, it's got your, your, like in the town of Truckee, if you build a house, it has to be 2000 square feet minimum. Gotcha. Like it has to be like, there's, there's a law. So like, Technically, I don't know. Like the property is zoned recreational, if I if I remember correctly. So, I mean, someone somewhere could possibly get mad at us and and you know fuck everything up, but no one's going to. Like it's one of those things. Like it's so far out, no one's gonna give a shit. Yeah. But uh, I I think a lot of it is just like I said, laws and uh, oh. restricting people from from living that way. Um, gotcha. I, I mean, there's people that definitely do it down here in the contiguous United States, but I think it's a lot less that, or they're just, they're, uh, they're so much more badass that they're just like, we don't need to advertise that we're doing it. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why. So what's um, the worst part about living off the grid? 
I think it's, 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 I think it's the financial aspect. Um, unless you have, you know, you're sitting on a good pile of money, uh, you've got to work. And so if you're working, you know, you're 40 plus hours a week and then you're coming home to do 40 plus hours a week of work. Right. Well, I mean, so it's like I work, you know, an eight hour day, I come home and I start the generator and I start a fire and I feed dogs and I melt, we melt snow for water for dogs because it's easier than trucking in water. Um, it, it takes a lot of work, you know, you're getting into bed at 11 or whatever after, you know, doing work and, uh, then you get up and do more work. Right. Cause that's the part that I was reading about online is that it's so labor intensive to, to kind of live this lifestyle. Like it's, it's a full-time job just kind of taking care of your personal needs. For sure. For sure. I mean, I can like, I can definitely look at myself in the mirror and go, I got a little bit older. Right, doing right. this for the past for the past right. couple of years, and so like, what kind of personality do you think you need to 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 live this lifestyle? I think you just have to be, like I said before, mentally tough. Yeah. Um, even though even though I'm not, I mean, obviously I've got a little bit in order to do it, but uh, mentally tough. And then I think you have to be willing to just take what gets thrown at you. Because every day it's a different challenge. Like like I said, my snowmobile's broken, my ATV is broken. Uh, uh, you know, you got to be able to fix things. You have to be self reliant. Mm. Um, like, you know, I mean, I, I fix everything that breaks. My truck, my my wife's truck, uh, snowmobiles. The generator broke once. I had to fix it. Um, so you got to learn how things work. Mm-hmm. and be be able to fix them. It's not like you can be like, oh, my refrigerator is working. I've got to call the repairman. Yeah. No, you gotta, no. You gotta you gotta figure it out. Like uh, I think that's the the main aspect of it is just being willing to figure things out when the shit hits the fan. You have to be pretty resourceful and, and self reliant. It sounds like, huh? I, I I think that's the main the main thing, or at least willing to. Um, I think the willingness is is a big aspect of it. Like, um, you just have to, you know, want to learn something new. Yeah. Um, and I think too, I bet like, don't you feel like, I mean, I, I can't imagine you guys own a ton of stuff because it sounds like you live in a pretty small space. And I, I mean, I imagine you start to realize like, oh, I don't really need a ton of shit to live or to be happy. I mean, am I romanticizing your life at all by saying that? <laughs> I mean, probably a little bit. Um, <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm kind of, like I said, a geek, a little nerdy. Um, I like my computers, my, my phones, uh, but I don't, I guess I don't need them. Like, if if it, you know, I, if I'm not watching, you know, The Office every night, I guess I can, you know, do something else. I can, you know, play solitaire or, you know, do something else, but you don't have to get rid of it. Like, that's the other thing is, is you can take it with you. I mean, I don't have a couch. We sit on our bed. Like that's what we use as a couch. We don't entertain uh, people because it's just kind of, it's really, really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not all my friends drive full wheel drive trucks. I can get out there. Um, so I think there's definitely some romanticism, especially as of late with this, 
off the grid movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the, our, and the our, tiny house people too. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's okay. And I, I think it's all right to be like, you know what, that's really cool. You don't need all these things to be happy. And you don't, you don't need, uh, you only need what you need to be happy. Like, I mean, only, you know, your personality, um, and, and what it takes for your, your sanity, your peace of mind. Um, so like I have things that I, that are, that give me my peace of mind. Like I have a little TV and, uh, watch, you know, like I said, the office or whatever. Like, um, I, I have things that, uh, that keep me grounded. And, uh, I think like, like I said before, Alyssa is more rugged than I am and she could survive on a lot less, <laughs> um, definitely tougher than me in a I lot of respect. It. I love that your wife is a tough one. It's so great. Oh, it, she really is. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty fantastic. It's kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, intimidating, <laughs> I guess would be the word. Nice. Where you're like, why, why are you so damn tough? And I'm just this pussy over <laughs> here. Like, and I can't handle it when, when, you know, whatever. Like, but I think, I think we balance each other out in the, in the sense that, you know, she doesn't necessarily know how to fix the things that break. I fix the things that break. We, we definitely contribute a lot in that respect to each other. Um, not to say that we have a perfect relationship or, or, or things are, you know, always smooth, but, uh, I mean, definitely drama happens when, when it's just you two and it's, you're relying on the other person and, you know, maybe you don't like what they're doing or they don't like what you're doing. And there's definitely drama in that respect. Um, yeah, I imagine I, you guys but, just probably get sick of each other at some point if it's just the two of you and the dogs. I mean, are there yeah, days I mean, you're just like, I need to be alone, but you can you really I'll, be alone? Yeah, not really, unless you want to go outside. And if it's sunny or nice, and, and yeah, going outside is fine. Like, she'll go for a walk or whatever. And like, I'm more of a, I'm not an outdoor guy. Like, I, I am and I'm not at the same time. Like, I'm not a huge fisherman and I've never been hunting. Um, but I enjoy fishing. She loves like going out and fishing and sitting by the river and I'll just, I'd rather, you know, I don't know, play a video game or, uh, watch a movie. Oh, wait. So uh, do you tell each other like, dude, I'm sick of your face. I got to go. Um, yeah, we have, <laughs> um, we're, we're uh, definitely, definitely trying to get better at it. Um, <laughs> uh, like this, like the week, this week that she was gone, it was like before leading up to it, I was like, I was pretty amped. I was like, I'm going to have a week to myself. <laughs> yeah. um, I think she was, she was amped too, just to be able to go and do her thing and not going to do my thing. Cause it, I mean, you know, you're in a hundred, 110 square feet, whatever it is. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, I think you spend enough time with anybody in small quarters. You're going to end up borderline hating each other, if not yeah. hating each other in the moment. Um, there's just no way around it. Like you could be the best of friends and, and you're still going to end up pissing each other off. But I tell you, if you guys, uh, you've known each other since you were 12, you've been married forever and you live in the hundred square feet. I think you two are going to la- last a long time. I think if you can survive this lifestyle, you guys are going to, you're going to die together. I hope. I mean, yeah, I'm serious. I mean, I, there's, there's definitely, like I've said, we've got our, you know, our emotional baggage from, from our families and, and that's presented hurdles. We've gone through therapy. Um, 
Yeah, it's not, like I said, perfect. I'm not going to be like, yeah, it's awesome. We're we're totally awesome. We're an example. <laughs> but I'm also not going to be like, we're not an example. You know what I mean? It's, it's, of course. I'm just I try, and, try to be an honest person. Like, uh, I, we both are. We you know we've, we, it, it happened this, it's happened this winter. It's happened last winter where we're just like at each other's throats. Um, I think it's just, you know, the stress of, of, of surviving. Oh, um, yes. It, it's just like, it's just like you watch any of the, those survival type shows. The, the drama comes from within and it, it just, it gets amplified in situations where it's, uh, life or death seems a little dramatic, but you know what I mean? Where it's just, you gotta push through in order to survive and, you know, different personalities at play. Um, it's not cushy. No. no. So it's not like, it's not like you can be like, I'm going to go to the bedroom and read a book <laughs> and you, you can be alone. Well, you know, we gotta, we gotta fix the snowmobile. <laughs> right. There's shit that has to get done. Um, so you know, the dogs, they get fed. Yeah. It sounds tough. I mean, I think that everybody has, especially if you're married and you're, you have a family type life, everybody has their roles and you're always just keeping the wheels moving. But you know, when you're living off a generator and you don't have running water, that's just like, it's another obstacle to trying to yeah. keep the wheels from falling off of your life, you know? For sure. For sure. And, and like you said before, the romanticizing, I, I think people are all doing that. And I don't, like I said, doesn't, it's not bad to be like, yeah, I, I wish that one day I could do that. But you know what? That's a cool dream to have. And you, most people probably never will. Um, unless circumstances, you know, force it. But, uh, I think just being happy wherever it is you're at or trying to find the silver lining is, is a, a definite starting point. Um, I don't know. It's like we live in a really interesting time where, you know, everyone's connected. Everyone is busy and hustling and bustling. And, uh, it's nice to slow down yeah. for sure. And, and, uh, and to be like, you know, have to, you know, do what our ancestors did and, and uh, you know, make a fire. But yeah. I, I mean, I still have, I still have fire starting sticks. I buy at the store in town so that I can, you know, I don't have to spend three hours trying to find dry kindling. I can just shoot that. Right, like, right. But isn't that interesting that that is kind of how humans, I mean, I don't know if we're supposed to live that way, but we certainly started this way. Of A, a lot of our time was spent just in survival and now that that kind of instinct is gone or maybe it's just it's put into being consumers now and i think that's why so many people are depressed and anxious because <laughs> you know there's this primal thing in us that's hunting gathering you know caring for our young and when that stuff is taken away maybe maybe we don't know what the hell to do with ourselves i i think it's like with anything when uh, when things get easier you get lazier yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm not a poster child for, you know, going off the grid and losing depression. I mean, I've had bouts, I, I, I've only recently figured out that I've been fairly depressed my entire life. And, yeah. uh, and so, I mean, I've had bouts out there where it was just, things are so much that, you know, you just get overwhelmed and, and the depression takes over and, uh, uh, you end up saying or doing things you regret. And, uh, it, I think, 
I almost think it's it's just in our nature to be depressed. That yeah. we're never gonna we're never gonna be happy, even if we go back to caveman life or if we go, you know, further into the future where everything's taken care of us, taken care of for us. It's we're just not gonna be happy. No, and I I agree <laughs> but, with you, and I think it's a misconception of the West where we think that everything. Um, there, I think it's you know that whole thing of we're born. Um, Happy, or no, or that we're we start in the Garden of Eden and then we sinned and then we became miserable. And I don't think that's the trajectory. I think that life is suffering, like how they feel about it in the East and Eastern philosophy of look, it's just a constant shit stream and it's just dealing with a constant flow of, of low grade suffering and sometimes very high grade suffering. Um, I don't, I yeah, I think this is this is also a byproduct of consumer society and. And the sitcom world of everything should, sure. should be happy. You should be, you know, what's wrong with you? Take a pill. You need Lexapro if you're not happy all the time. Uh, we're medicating everything instead of just going, you know what? Maybe the norm is to not feel fantastic all the time. Um, and, and there's moments of happiness, obviously, in people's lives. But it's not by no means all the time. And that's what the self-help sure. movement, I think it's really weird uh, the self-help movement, everyone's trying to be positive all the time. It's like, dude, that's just not normal. And that's why you're even more fucking depressed because you can't be happy all the time. And then you think, what's wrong with it's, me? <laughs> it's just not possible. No, um, yeah, no. I mean, I got, I, I, I've heard it, you know, on your podcast and then a couple others that I listen to. And it's, it's that, that thought that, yeah, suffering is part of life. It's this, it's, you know, it's just a different side of the same coin. Yeah. Like it's, it, just to take the good and the bad, it's all basically the same, um, and it's okay. Like, yeah, it's okay, and it's okay to not wake up being like, "Yeah, I'm positive. I'm gonna look at my vision board today, and what, what am I gonna do?" Like, there's days you're gonna yeah. wake up and you're just gonna be like, "Ah, oh, fuck, ah, oh, shit." I mean, yep. I mean, I like I said, I. I think mine is is from growing up in in such a uh, conservative religious. <laughs> Uh, society where you, you're told that you're a terrible person yeah. and so then you end up subconsciously thinking you're a terrible person Yes, and and, uh, and and you know what maybe some people are terrible people but I think for the most part we're people and we do terrible things but we're not we're not terrible at our core um, mm-hmm. and and I, I'm not going to lie and say that I wake up happy every day or any day, really. I mean, that's a rare occurrence for me. Um, but when I do, if I wake up happy, I'm going to take it and run with it. Like, that's cool. That's a great day. Of course. Uh, or, if I have the, or if I have those moments of, and, I, and I've had uh, in the past couple of years where I'm just alone and I'm looking out and I see the trees, I see the mountains, I see the, the, the streams and, and it just, there's a moment right there where you're just content and to just grab a hold of that moment and let it be there and, uh, just be in it mm-hmm. and be stoked on it and, and not to try and chase it because I think then you get more upset because you can't get it. Yeah, it's, man. And that's it. We're always chasing that dragon of the that yeah. happy moment instead of going you know what that's okay that came and that that felt great and now that's human nature i think to want to chase the dragon and that's why you're always looking forward to the next thing right well what are we going to do now we, we had dinner well what about dessert 
okay, and after dessert, now what? Well, I, I got this car. Now what about the next thing? What you know, bigger house, bigger, yeah. shit, bigger, better. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and, and I, I don't, I don't know if it is the Western society. I've never lived anywhere besides here, but uh, I, I think you're right with the consumerism aspect, where it's, it's you know, we just think we need things um, or or to pursue things that that something is going to make us happy or someone is going to make us happy and. In reality, uh, it's elusive. You're you're gonna get a bar of soap. You're gonna grab it. and It's gonna squeeze out of your hand. And right. uh, it's just it's it's not possible to hold on and lock down happiness. Like you you, you can't lock it down. It's it, it's just like you can't lock down suffering. Right. You, you, and no one would want to. No one would want to be like, hey, I'm gonna you know beat the shit out of myself every day because that's awesome. Like, yeah, no. And so why would you want the, the happiness every day? Like, well, I mean, I guess you'd want the happiness, but you just got to take it as it comes. Like, yeah. And, uh, every day is a different, is a different struggle for sure. Yeah. I think that's more of a realistic, uh, point of view. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I've been accused of being a realist, uh, Oh yeah, I've been accused of doing many mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, never, never an optimist though. No, you know, <laughs> I try. I force it. I try. You know, yeah. I try. I try. Yeah, I, you got to try, but it, why, it goes back and forth. You know, it goes back and that, forth. That's why I have Alyssa. Like, uh, she's been through some heavy, heavy shit, like, like we talked about, and and yet still gets up every morning and generally has a smile on her face and is ready to go. And, uh, that's inspiring for sure. Um, so, I mean, it, it is what it is and off the grid, you know, adds its own challenges. Um, I'm not going to say that it's better than living on the grid. And I'm not, I just, I don't think there's a better or worse so much as it's, uh, just whatever you're in, like just be there. You know what I found too is like it sounds like Alyssa and, and a lot of people that have been through some fucking shit is that uh, you do appreciate the good times so much more because you've known what it is to not have them and you really appreciate stuff um, when it goes right. So yeah, and she looks for it and can see it too. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty incredible. Um, little mind boggling. Well, then good. It sounds for- like you have a winner and. You should definitely hold on to her, Joe. <laughs> I, I'm trying my best. Well, dude, I'm trying my best. Thank you so much for talking to to us. Uh, I really appreciate yeah. it. Are you on Twitter? Is that is that something you're interested in? I am. I I have a Twitter. I am. I am not on it ever, though. <laughs> Go figure. Okay. Well, uh, thank you, Joe, for talking to me. And um, yeah, it was awesome, dude. I really appreciate this. And it's totally been deep, bro. And I hope you'll will you check Sweet. in will you check in and let me know um how things are going for you and if you fix your is it your snowmobile? Yeah, yeah, snowmobile. <laughs> if anybody a park this week. What do you need? I mean maybe someone from the show can help you. <laughs> uh I've got them on I've got them ordered already. They just uh it's gonna take a bit to ship. Oh. All right. But uh but uh I appreciate uh the the opportunity to talk and uh and to share my story yeah it's been fucking so deep bro i really appreciate it and good luck and stay warm and don't get eaten by mountain lions 
I will do my best. All right, dude. Take care. Thanks. Bye, dude. Well, that was it. That was fucking deepness with Joe uh, living out now in California in a small town before in Alaska. Pretty crazy. And uh, we got deep on it. That was pretty cool. I, I, I had a feeling somebody who would be drawn to living um, in a small, tiny cabin with another human being would have some pretty cool thoughts on life. Because what, what the hell else are you going to do in a tiny cabin? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can go off the grid now, having talked to that guy. I don't know. I definitely love a toilet, and I love my new bidet. It's pretty exciting. I do love dogs, though. No, I think the water thing alone, I'm not sold on. I really like uh, running water. <sighs> well, there you go, bros. If you're thinking about going off the grid, hopefully that conversation uh, will shed some light on what it takes. Resilience and self-reliance and, and an ability to look fear in the face. Holy shit. Oh, man. All right, guys. Until next week, it's been D-Bro. Uh, yeah, I love you and, um, take care and enjoy your running water tonight. If you have it (laughs) in your refrigerator. Oh my God. Poor Joe. Poor Alyssa. No, they're happy. Why am I saying poor? They're fine. They're great. I hope they stay together until they're a hundred years old. All right. Bye guys. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with Philosophize with Christina P, a.k.a. Miss Jeans. This ain't your mom's house. It's a different theme. Gotta be critically thinking. Like you caught up at a cocktail party. Our thoughts start to sink in. John Locke, or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates. Got us talking all properly, topically. Just a comedian discussing these philosophies. Serious questions, silly people. What's that? That's tea, bro. It is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. That's deep.